Welcome to Pierre's Podcast. This is episode for March 2015, and the title is Will the True Worshippers Please Stand? Don't go away. We'll be right back. So, we focus this month on what it really means to be a true worshiper of God, to, to stand out from the rest of the pack. I mean, a lot of times people have this inkling and this ideal of that means that they're supposed to lose their mind and act like they're out of control and just jump and shout. But worship is such a vast expansion of so many different ways of expression. And we're going to look at that today. Uh, this message um, was pre-recorded like all our messages are inside Regeneration Service here at Christian Tabernacle Church. And I explained to them so many times we might go to concerts or might go to, you know, some type of basketball game or football game. And, you know, we just get overjoyed when our favorite player or favorite team or favorite artist does something that's extraordinary to us. And it, of course, causes a sense of excitement, a sense of awe, a sense of shock. But how many times do we react that same way when we look at what God has done for us and the value he has for our lives? Not too often most of us can say we don't do that. We don't tend to overreact. We don't tend to be overjoyed or just in awe. You know, we're never awestruck by what he has done for us and what he's doing for us, even right now. The fact that he woke us up this morning and gave us breath in our lungs should mean a whole lot to us. But for so many of us, it doesn't mean anything at all. It's just the regular routine of the day-to-day life. So we're going to focus on that on today's uh, message. I'm excited you joined us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Say it. Amen. So, um, Daniel, Daniel, uh, I'm going to start uh, with Daniel chapter 3, uh, verses, uh, I'm going to start actually with verse 14 on the screen. You will see verse 16, but I'm going to start with verse 14. And if you want to follow along, you can open your Bibles or open your tablets or whatever you have to Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. And I'm going to start with 14 as opposed to 16, because 14, I think, is going to lead us into 16. Now, there's a story, a very popular story in the Bible. There's quite a few popular stories in the Bible, but but this one is a famous one because this speaks of three young men who were actually very much so young men. Um, and they were uh, Hebrew boys, you know, we call them three Hebrew, three Hebrew boys. You guys know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. Okay. The last one was, you know, a brother. It's, you know, black preachers love to say that one. How come white preachers can't say that? You know what? Okay, that's a whole other story, ain't it? Okay. But anyway, okay, his real name was Abednego. But anyway, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all right? Now, you have to understand, what King Nebuchadnezzar did, which was brilliant as a, as a political move, what he did was he, when he conquered a kingdom, what he would do as opposed to usurping his authority into a community's religious life, he would allow them to practice their own, you know, deity beliefs. So it was very smart because he understood that he could have better control of people if he allowed them to be able to turn to their God, whoever their God was, right? Zeus, 
Zenus, Aquarius, whatever, who? Gina, whoever your God was, he allowed them, whoever their God was, right? The trees, you know, the stars, the moon, the sun, right? Whatever their God was, he allowed them to worship their God, right? Because he understood the value of people needing a sense of comfort. And so with the Hebrew boys, it was no different. He said, listen, he said, I get it. Let them worship their God. And Daniel, along with them, who was also a government official, he said, let them all worship their God. And so he allowed this to happen. But then one day, some, some, some of his counselors come to him and say, hey, listen, because they want to get rid of these guys, along with Daniel, too. They want to get rid of all of them. Listen, why don't you, for a season, set up a, a, a God of yourself? Set up an idol of yourself, man, and tell the people they have to worship this idol for a certain amount of time, you know, just so you can see the loyalty of the people and who's committed to you and so forth and so forth. And so the king's like, yeah, that's a good idea. After all, I am the king and I do deserve it. I've conquered all these lands and, you know, hey, they need to worship me. How many of y'all saw 300? Great movie, right? Especially when my man, what was his name? The king? No, the evil one. Xerxes, right? Same idea, right? Remember Xerxes? Bow down and worship me, Leonidas. So same idea, right? This guy got haughty, got caught himself, and, and he's, telling, he's, he's telling them, listen, this is the new decree of the land. We're going to do this. And so, of course, the three Hebrew boys are like, nah, dude, we can't do that. We can't do that. So we're going to focus today on the power of worship and the impact of worship. So we're going to pick up at 14. So if you want to follow along, follow along in your Bibles, 14, chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, verse 14 says, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you are not serving my God and you are not worshiping the statue of gold that I have set up? Now, if you are ready so that when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lair, and the trigon, the harp, and the drum, and all kinds of music, you fall down and you worship the statue that I have made, that will be good. But if you do not worship it, immediately you'll be thrown into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who will rescue you from my hands? All right, now that leads up to 16. So 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need on this matter to present a defense to you. If it is so, our God, whom we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire and from your hand, O king. Let him rescue us. And if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and the statue of gold that you have set up, we will not worship, all right? We will not worship. And the message is entitled, Will the True Worshippers Please Stand? Will the True Worshippers Please Stand? And, 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 and I've titled it, I titled it that because, you know, I, I think a lot of times as believers— we don't hold fast 
to the practice of ultimately reaching out for God. We don't hold fast to that. We don't hold fast to the practice of reaching out to him to wanting to get a hold of who he is. We don't, we, we, we don't, we don't practice this. We don't, we don't engage in this enough. And it's not just in regeneration. I see it over there when I'm sitting in the sanctuary. If I'm, if I'm in the sanctuary and I'm sitting there, I look around just to see how, what's the response of people. Are they sitting there? Are they worshiping God? Are they exhorting him for who he is? Are they on their knees just repenting of their sins and praising God? And thank you, Lord, for just delivering me. Are they crying? Are they jumping? Now, I'm not saying jumping is a way to worship God. I'm just saying, what's their emotional connection, right? Because everybody's emotional connection is different. The church I worked at before, same thing. They worship the same way. Some of them was reaching out to God, surrender. Some of them was standing there, just talking to God and praying. Some of them wasn't doing nothing. And I was like, wow, how do you come to church? How do you come to church and not engage God? How do you do it? How do you do it? That's the whole point in coming to church. It's to commune and fellowship with other believers and to encourage each other, and to worship the one who has died on the cross for each and every single one of our lives. He replaced our sin-filled life with a Christ-centered life so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. Wow, how true that is. You know, John 4.23 says, But the time is coming and is already here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for anyone who will worship him that way. And I think there's two points here we want to take from that. Basically, God our Heavenly Father is looking for someone who's going to worship him in spirit because he is a spirit being. We must understand that we have to get out of our carnality when we are in the presence of God. We have to focus on him in our spiritual being. You know, your mind needs to be directed to God and not on the things that's going on around you inside service. Uh, the other part of that is in truth. Christ is truth. And so we have to remember when we worship the Father, we worship him in spirit and in truth. We don't want to be caught up in doing something just because it's a liturgical structure or some form of rhetoric that we run down. No, we need to really dial in and, and worship truly from our heart. Check the song out. We'll be right back. Into the mirror, knew I wasn't who I wanted to be. I 
was living life the way that I wanted But my eyes reminded me I'm not free Believe the lie, so everything that I know Says I gotta go, tired of going solo But I'm never gonna go there again This is what it is, this is who I am This is where I finally take my stand I didn't wanna fall, but I don't have to grow I'm not the one with two scarred hands Giving him the best of everything that's left of You're living in fear Having trouble even looking at me Wishing they would give you more than words Sick of people telling how it should be What you download, where'd you get your info You saw the hype show, now you're in the endo Gonna tell you what I believe Oh, This is what it is, this is who I am This is where I finally take my stand I didn't wanna fall, but I don't have to Met the one with two scarred hands Giving him the best of everything that's left of The life inside this man I've been born again We are the ones he called our name to worship God. We are not going to just be sitting around looking at each other, eating popsicles and sucking on blow pops. We're not going to be doing that. We're going to be worshiping God for all his greatness, for all his mightiness, for all the good things he has done for us. And so I stand in awe. And I look at these three Hebrew boys, and these three Hebrew boys, they, they man, they signify what worship is really all about, to stand firm on what they believe. How many times have you come into the house of the Lord only to say to yourself, I wish I didn't have to be here? Hmm? Be honest with yourself. Be honest. I really don't feel like hearing about God or his word today. And without a doubt, I don't even feel like worshiping him. I, I'm just not in the, I, I, don't, I don't feel like worshiping God today. How many times have you done that? Be honest. Now, you got to raise your hand. You got to tell me. Look within yourself and ask yourself that. Man, how many times have I done that? How many times have I done that? I was up late the night before partying or hanging out with my friends and, you know, or I'm at the game or I'm at a concert and I'm losing my mind there. Woo! Yeah! Go! Right? But then I come to church like, oh, I'm so tired. 
Oh, Jesus, I just make it through the day. <laughs> Give me the strength, Lord. I just, I'm exhausted. How many times, man? Right? How many times? So many of us come into the presence of God with an attitude of no gratitude. So many of us come into his presence with an attitude of no gratitude. And the definition of gratitude is this. The quality of being thankful. Readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. I like that last part. It's the one thing that you can give back to God. It's the one thing you can give back to him. It's a thankful heart, a sense of worshiping him for who he really is and for what he has done in your life and what he's going to continue to do in your life. Worship. What is worship? What does it look like? Well, worship is the expression of gratitude towards God's grace and mercy for us. Worship is the expression of gratitude towards God's grace and mercy for us. Even in our times of trouble, it's the simple understanding of he is worthy. God is worthy. Psalms 50, 14 through 15 says, let the giving of thanks be to your sacrifice to God. And give the Almighty all that you promised. Call to me when trouble comes, and I will save you, and you will praise me. This is God talking. Listen, this is God talking. Let the giving of thanks be your sacrifice to God, and give the Almighty all that you promised. You need to give God all that you promised. Lord, please, God, help me on this test. Okay, this is what you need to do to pass this test. And the Holy Spirit speaks to you what you need to do, and you apply it to your life. And then you pass the test. Yeah, I knew I was going to pass that test. I'm good. I'm straight. I'm that deal. And God is like, wait, didn't you ask me to help you with this? Yeah, but you know, it's my show right now. It's my fame and my glory right now, God. How many of us... How many of us have done that? How many? Be honest. I'm being honest. Be honest with yourself. How many of y'all have done that? Come on. How many of us have stole the glory? You're, you're lying if you say you didn't, because you've all have stolen the glory from God. Listen, if you do it to each other, in which we do do it to each other, I know you're going to do it to somebody that you technically cannot see. Right? It's a whole lot easier to do it to somebody you can't see than somebody you can see. And if you do somebody you can see, for crying out loud, you definitely going to do it to somebody you can't see. And this is what God says. He says, let the giving of thanks be your sacrifice to me and give me all that you promise. Call to me when trouble comes and I will save you and you will praise me. This is what worship is all about. It's about calling out to God. It's about calling out to God, about exalting him, lifting him up, magnifying him for who he is. See, it's not going to always be that you worship and praise God when things are going the way you want them to go. It's not going to be that. That's unrealistic. Make a note. The Hebrew boys. The Hebrew boys. When we look at the three Hebrew boys, we see even in their times of distress that they are not turning away from God to worship that which has done nothing for them. They even take the position 
that if God doesn't save them, they are not turning away from him and worshiping the idols of this world. What's your position? What's your stance? What do you take? Wow. What is your position? What is your stance? And what do you take? You know, worship is an expression of gratitude towards God's grace and mercy for us. And even in our times of trouble, it's the simple understanding of saying, God, you are worthy. Write this down. Worship does a couple of things for you. It gives you the confidence in your relationship with the Lord, and it helps to create a sense of worth in your walk with God. It also helps you reflect on all the goodness he has done for you and all that you have seen him do. That is good. Luke 19, 37 through 40 says, When he came near Jerusalem, at the place where the road went down the Mount of Olives, the large crowd of his disciples began to thank God and praise him in loud voices for all the great things that they had seen. God bless the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to God. Then some of the Pharisees in the crowd spoke to Jesus. Teacher, they said, command your disciples to be quiet. Jesus answered, I tell you that if they keep quiet, the stones themselves will start shouting. You know, my friend, we can never be quiet about the goodness of God and what he's done in our lives. So right where you're at, my friend, I challenge you just to give God a praise no matter where you're at. Don't worry about the person sitting next to you. Exalt him right now. Check this song out. Be right back. singer look i'm like ink so fresh i can smear it just on my name i already feel it it's like a bullseye on my head that i'm wearing but it's not a bull snap back cap that i'm talking about walking out my faith live from that new york city living where it ain't pretty wash heights where they puff haze play music all night that's why your boy came so we can show him christ y'all don't get it i've been saved living for his fame switch the name used to go by sea light but then i put it in the grave cause i'm stepping off stage still the same dude living what i say up on that mic cap and gown graduated now 23 and i'm in a new season wow this is crazy god is so amazing he been using all that pain he allowed to straight me chiseling Every little thing of me that isn't him And sin is still wacker than it's ever been Jesus coming back again When he does all that Oh, I used to go to church stuff is irrelevant Following Christ ain't a one-time event It's a lifestyle, not what you use for your girlfriend So there it is, hope y'all listening Yeah, the same mission, but the team look different Don't believe a lie You're living in a world that's passing by And all the pretty things that you thought would fly You can't take them with you when you die Everybody sing But now out of my window, I can see the Apollo I change cities, still people remain hollow Everybody tweet, but they don't know who to follow Watch me kick it, salvation minus crucifixion You got a better chance at the lotto with no ticket That's horrific, rhyme for Jesus but flow wicked You hear the truth, don't wanna do it like those dishes News flash, new trash in the media 
All them old lies, watch what they feeding ya If it's no good, throw it up like bulimia If it's no good, throw it up like graffiti, huh? So think fast, Ramadan, Autobahn Girlies wanna move fast, tryna use their body wrong They getting naughty, but you know it's probably cause They want male attention, cause they find the gun Don't believe a lie, you're living in a world that's passing by And all the pretty things that you thought would fly You can't take them with you when you die Everybody say, To the liars, say hello to the fire, say peace in the storm gone like it's on tires. Thought you was a darn one, so you co-conspire with the evil empire. Evil can evil conniving people and putting commas in God's word. Careful who you worship when you're waving at concerts. My fingers on the detonator, like I'm playing a Sega. See you later to the hater of love. I made a statement because I'm sick of being inundated with the hatred and lust. I got kids and they got ears and they be opening up to bright ideas. And you feeding them ball, I feed them true. Cause I understand speakers a tool, either a key or a noose, either get you out or it gets you through but it all depends on what you get into see that getting is forbidden if you get into that fruit man get up in them scriptures that they get into that loop man salute don't believe a lie you're living in a world that's passing by and all the pretty things that you thought would fly you can't take them with you when you die everybody say of Nebuchadnezzar? Do you bend to the winds of the world? See, the three Hebrew boys were the only ones outside of Daniel, which is believed Daniel wasn't in the country at the time this happened. Otherwise, it would have been four of them, verses three, right? The three Hebrew boys said, we're not doing it. Now, there were a lot of Jews that were captured. Hmm, food for thought. And if they were all Jewish and they all believed in the one true God and they all worshiped the one true God, that means everybody else did what? They bent. Shoot, skip this. I ain't dying, dying. I bend it, man. Skip this. Show us got down. You want to kneel to that one? Bet. <laughs> right? They conformed. They conformed. The three Hebrew boys were like, no, we're not doing it, man. We're not doing it. That's right. The Hebrew boys decided they weren't going to bend. But you know, friend, what are you going to do? That becomes the real question. You know, today I'd like to offer you an opportunity to really look into your heart and to just ask yourself a simple question. Have I been bending? Have I been buckling to the whims of this world? We have to understand that in the end, when all this passes away, the only thing you'll have left to stand on is Christ. A young person, uh, adult, you know what? The three Hebrew boys, they decide to stand on what was right. John 4, 23, 24 says, but the time is coming and is already here when by the power of God's spirit, people will worship the Father as he really is, offering him the true worship that he wants. God is spirit. 
and only by the power of his spirit can people worship him as he really is. My final thoughts on the three Hebrew boys is this, because they stood their ground, God was able to use them to help change the hearts of the king and the country. How will you allow God to use you? With a real true worshipers, please stand. Well, hope you enjoyed today's message. Hope it was a blessing to you. Man, if you enjoy these podcasts, please like us on our Facebook page, Pierre's Podcast. Feel free to leave a comment or maybe just some other thoughts and ideas that I didn't think about. God bless. See you next month.